Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you reflect and really think and develop strategies to try to improve your remodeling business. You know, over the last six to nine months, I've been really, really focused on one of the real challenges with businesses today, and that is more the marketing and the sales side of the equation. I've been pounding on many of the listeners to really focus on integrating new sales processes and techniques into your formula to really address, as I talked about on the last podcast, I think one of the most important things, and that is today's consumer is not what they used to be. The post-COVID consumer has changed. As much as many of you out there like to think we're getting back to normal, normal is a new normal. It's a new client, and it's important to understand at least how to approach things. This podcast is going to be a little bit different. It's not so much pounding on you to develop new sales techniques, new ways to twist clients' arms to proceed, new techniques. I'm going to give you some insights on what is probably the most important thing right now is how do you drive remodeling costs down? You know, we've been riding this tide and it's been going up and up and up with price escalation and we can't take it anymore. I think what we have to do today is we get have to get out there and fight. We have to get out there and fight and push remodeling costs down Otherwise, you're going to continue to have clients push the pause button, cancel projects, or quite frankly, just not proceed and making all sorts of excuses that they're not proceeding. But at least 80% of the time, the reason that they're not proceeding is in fact because of the cost. The cost has escalated so dramatically that it's really causing a lot of challenges. This podcast series is supported by Professional Modeler Magazine as well as other leading associations and leading technology companies, certainly including companies like Engage. Now, with this topic, I think it's really important that you go back and listen to the last podcast where I outline really five fundamental themes and then a bunch of specific tactics and techniques that you can weave into those themes to be more successful. But one of the areas I talked about that I'm going to repeat is that as we've seen, you know, costs five, six years ago be at, let's say, $100,000 cost, 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 not sell to the client, but cost, we've seen that inch up to 125, 150, and now it's at 200. Well, the clients are just saying it's just too much. It's just too much. No different than if you walk in and you look at a menu at a restaurant and you look at the entree prices, sometimes you just want to turn out, turn away and, and leave the restaurant. Why? Because it's too much. Well, that's what's happening. People are saying, I cannot, will not spend 250, 300, 350,000 for a kitchen in a $700,000 home. It doesn't make any sense. It's just too much, even though the costs have escalated. Now, I'm not going to get into all the why the costs have escalated at that point, because I think you know the why behind it, because you do all the estimates. But I am saying you've got to put the finger in the dike and stop this cost escalation. So, 
I want to talk about some themes here. And, you know, I think that uh, some of these themes, some of these tactics, some of these strategies, you know, involve you just taking the time. Some of it involves deputizing different members of the team. And some of it just involves fundamentally thinking about and in, in, in working with clients really differently. So with all that said, uh, I'm going to give you kind of my Letterman top 10. Here's my top 10. So number one is that you've got to do a deep dive analysis. So go back, go take a snapshot of an estimate that you did five or six years ago and take a look at what those key costs of that estimate and then look at the projects today and look at what categories have we seen dramatic change. You know, has it been, you know, 80% in plumbing and 20% in lumber? What have those changes been? Because I think if you can look back five or six years pre-pandemic, you will be able to see and have some insights of where things have changed. Because if you're just looking at kind of it holistically, holistically in terms of the cost of the project and not in detail of where specific things have changed, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to have the insights that you need. Now, with that analysis, with that report, so to speak, of what's happened over the last five or six years, I think number two is now it's time to get the team together. Now, this was an exercise we did many, many years ago, and it made a dramatic change in terms of how we were going about approaching certain kinds of projects. So what do I mean by this? Tap different members of your team to get together. It could be someone from sales, someone from design, someone from from uh, uh, project management. Maybe it's one or two people from the field, even someone from estimating. And it doesn't even matter. Maybe it's an administrator operational kind of role. Bring these people together and say to the group, I've got a challenge for the group. Here's what's going on in terms of the projects that we're losing because the cost have escalated so high. This is the feedback we're getting from the client that is so frustrated that the costs have got, we've got to stop the presses. We've got to push it down. So create a little think tank here and brainstorm with the group on how to get the cost down. Your role, I think, as leader of the company or leader in the process is really to help facilitate discussions. You really want to poke the bear. You really want to have people really kind of, quite frankly, arm wrestle on debating different things in terms of why the costs have gone up. You want to have the right data in front of you. You want to look at what did that project look like in terms of the design and the finishes and even the number of plans, you know, seven years ago versus today. Because that's all been part of the process of this price escalation that's really going on. So by debating with the team, you're going to come up with ideas. You're not going to do this all in one sitting, but you're going to come up with ideas. You're going to prime the pump. You're going to get them all aligned in the goal. For them to have food on their table in the future, we have got to get the cost down. So after you do that, give them each kind of assignments, have them come back with fairly explicit ideas, solutions, themes that you need to proceed. So one example of that that we experienced, you know, project managers just said many, many years ago, gosh, if we were just putting in products that we knew how to install, 
you know, we have a tendency sometimes in design to follow the fantasy with a client and specify things that the production team has never done before. So not only you're installing it, but you're having to teach yourself how to install that particular product. So while I'm not saying you should wear a straitjacket in design, what I am saying is that you have to at least be sensitive to it's going to cost more if the person installing it or the person that's fabricating it has not done it multiple times before. That became, at least in our business, one of the themes that we try to follow with a little bit more standardization in terms of the product and finishes. What was the result? The costs were pushed down dramatically because of it. Okay, number three on my list was now after you have, you know, you've come up with, I think, some ideas and some ways as a team, start to expand that. You know, I'm a big believer that that expansion is with your trade contractors, your subcontractors, your suppliers, your your alliances. I even encourage wiping out of your vocabulary the word vendor and replace it with alliance, strategic alliance, because an alliance is a partner in what you're doing, not necessarily a bidder in what you're doing. So bring together, have a lunch, have a breakfast, and share the vision, share what's going on in the marketplace, how you've seen the cost get out of control. It's not their fault, but the costs have got out of control, and this rubber band is snapped for your clients, and we cannot live with this anymore. We've got to change it. We've got to change our thinking. So challenge them, at least as a group and individual companies, to come back with ways to reduce the cost of projects. Now, there's a lot of different ways that they can do it, but you've got to have that relationship with them that they are pushing and following kind of a common vision and goal. Number four on, the, on my list here is a little bit of an adjust, adjustment in thinking. However, for many, especially smaller remodeling uh, uh, firms and design build firms that are uh, uh, that are quite busy, and that is that you've got to buy out the projects. Buying out a project is a skill. One reason production new homes do so well is they know how to buy out projects. They know how to take a project that could cost whatever five hundred thousand and get it down to four sixty, down to four forty, and four twenty. They make their margins in buying out the projects. See, we have a tendency, I think, in remodeling to just let the cost to the project and then it becomes how do we justify this higher cost to the client as opposed to really rolling up our sleeves and buying out the project. Now, one of the things I would encourage, and this is what you need to express to them at your group breakfast uh, uh, or, or, or certainly lunch, is that you need to bring in multiple trade partners, multiple plumbers, multiple uh, foundation folks in this. You know, when you look at your close rate that you're only getting one in five, why should they get four or five that they look at? You know, it's just not right. So you need to challenge them that you're going to be buying this project out and therefore they've got to share ways to save money, but also you want them to go in with their sharpest pencil in terms of what they're doing. 
So I encourage you to bring in, have a task someone on your task force to start bringing in new trade partners. Not because you don't like your plumber or like your electrician, but you need to bring in some new blood to be able to get the cost down. You're going to find in doing this, if you have really in your staple, you know, two or three plumbers, two or three electricians, you've got multiple foundation people that you can go to and develop those relationships, you're going to be able to fight for the client. You're going to be able to push that cost down pretty dramatically. And without necessarily changing your margins, you're going to be able to get the client a better value. Number five on my list is thinking about the design and the detailing that, that you're doing. You know, if you go back and you look at things, things have gotten much more complicated, much, much more complex in terms of what we're designing and specifying. It, I wouldn't say that necessarily is always better. So go back and look at what you're doing and ask yourself and ask your production teams, are there simpler ways that we can detail this, simpler ways that we can do this? By simpler detailing and simpler design type of techniques, you don't have to take away the spirit of the good design and all that, but you at least need to be able to present those alternatives to the client so at least they're, that you're controlling their fantasy of this cost going up and up and up. Try to even in, integrate into your process with a client that you're going to do value engineering. You know, you're going to say to them, would it be helpful if we, we spent some time looking at less expensive ways to do things and at least we'd be able to put those alternatives out there. Your clients, nine times out of ten, are going to love you by the fact that you're suggesting some of the less expensive things on the menu and not just the, the, the prime rib. Um, number six on my list was it's a little bit different, but uh, it's one of the keys, I think, to uh, some of the home improvement, some of the specialty companies to be successful. And that is that consider weaving financing into your formula. And I'd say that not so much as a cost driver. But when you're presenting, for example, to a client their monthly payments and you're actually spending a little bit more on the overhead side on some of the financing fees, but you're allowing them to have either a low interest or no interest on portions of the project. But if you can weave in some financing into the project, you're going to take a chunk of this project and potentially have it cost less because it's financed either at no interest or no payments for a certain period of time. So while I know this is a little tricky for many cultures out there to be able to integrate these things in, I will say it is interesting, those that don't offer any financing versus those that offer 60-70% of their projects have financing that they are actually controlling, they're actually seeing better results. Number seven on my list is... What you want to do with your specifications, I think, is, is be very proactive with finding less expensive ways to do things. So as you're going through the finishes and specifications, really make the client aware up front that this particular cabinet line 
is going to cost X versus Y. Try to drive them, push them, be value-oriented in terms of the finishes and selections. You know, when you're talking about windows, you may be all excited about the particular Marvin or Pella window. But what, do I, what about pushing them down to an Anderson? You know, what about even a builder-grade window occasionally when you have a whole bunch of builder-grade windows that aren't nearly as good a quality as the new builder-grade windows? So, but pushing down, I think, some of the specifications that you're going to see substantial cost lowering in the project, uh, you're going to see a lot more success. And there's a lot of elements you can dissect the project if, in fact, you put the right uh, uh, focus on this. You know, jumping back to the trade contractors and the subs for a minute, you know, you need to, in number eight, you need to think about helping them save in their cost. So, for example, if you're doing all the demolition and you have that activity, you know, you don't necessarily have to have, you know, the plumber and electrician be spending as much time doing some of the things and building in as much cost in some of the phases of the project. You know, talk to them about different ways that you can integrate help support them, whether it's in disconnects or whether it's in dust protection or whether it's, you know, part of the demo process or the logistics, what can you do to help get their costs down? And if you can get their costs down, that's going to reflect in their estimate coming down as well. Uh, number nine is also a little bit controversial for some, but I strongly encourage you to consider this. <clears throat> and that is maybe package the project a little bit differently. Think about going in right from the beginning with the client phasing or doing kind of a master plan within the project. Because if they can bite off and do, for example, or pretty much give you the green light on a chunk of the project to really get this project going and, and get it locked in, the likelihood that they're going to proceed. You know, you can't eat an elephant in one bite. It's very, very difficult. And what happens with a lot of these projects is they escalate and they grow and they grow to a point where it's just too, too much. So packaging it differently for the client. You can also look at client involvement in the project. Now, I know this is a dirty word for some remodelers out there, but you may be surprised, but I would say probably 50% of the remodelers I work with don't get involved with decorating and painting. They don't get involved in that phase of the project. Why? Because number one, it oftentimes drags the time of the project off much further. But also, if you look at your margins per day that you're getting once you're in that, you're dramatically seeing much less of a margin. So offer that up front. You know, ask the client up front. You know, have they ever worked with a painter or decorator in the past? And most clients have been in the house for a longer period of time. They say, certainly. Well, one thing we could do is have you handle this element of the project. We're done. We're finished at that point with all the main construction, and you can bring, and then we're not the middleman in terms of the cost of that element. The homeowner appreciates it. You're out of the project at that point. Chances are there's not a lot of lingering things. You can certainly help and support them, but you're not necessarily driving the cost of the project so, so high at that point. Number, number 10 on my list is, you know, is a little bit more just looking in the mirror, I think, than anything else. And that is, um, you've got to own this problem. Um, you've got to make this a priority. 
we tend to be very reactionary to things. We're not proactive with things. And I would say if you make it a challenge, especially as you wrap up this year and you move into next year, this is going to be more difficult, not less difficult, if you see the price escalation and then you see some headwinds in terms of some of the clients dragging their feet. So I think the more that you can make this topic really a priority, priority for you, for your business, for your team, if you can just get one more project out of 10, one more out of 10 leads, because you've adjusted your thinking here, you're going to increase most companies' sales by 30 to 50%, just by getting one more out of 10. And I think if you can adjust your thinking with this process, you're going to not only kind of stop this tide that's been rising, but you're also going to see much, much better results. And those better results are not just in terms of sales and outcome. You're going to build more trust with this kind of thinking. You're going to create more comfort on the part of the client. And at the end of the day, you're going to have more projects, more joy that you're creating in clients' lives. So I encourage you to really put the stake in the sand, say, I'm not going to take it anymore, and really address this topic really, really head on. Take care, everyone.